I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Now you want to tell me what the hell this thing is? It's not surveillance, Paul. It's not electronic thermal imaging. You guys have figured out a way to look into the past, yes or no? No. You're lying. You're lying I've and you know you everything it. I she can. She saw it, Paul. I pointed this thing at her just now and she responded to it from four and a half days ago. Explain that to me. Somebody explain it. Hit it, Shani. For three years, Cambridge has been working for National Reconnaissance on an R&D grant. Okay. We were attempting to use concentrated bursts of energy to enhance the sensitivity of optical telescopes. In the process, we had a breakthrough. Given enough energy, we could warp the very fabric of space. I said, explain it to me, not talk they science. Found, Look, all right, I'll tell you what. Why don't you guys just keep talking? I'll just sit here until you figure out what it is you really want to tell. They found a way to fold space back onto itself. All right, look. Uh, we're used to viewing space as flat, right? Like this piece of paper. To see something from a distance, light has always had to travel the long way across the flat space in between. But given what I was trying to explain, we could fold the space, bring the target closer to us, create what's known as an Einstein-Rosen bridge, otherwise known as a wormhole, suspend it via gravitational field. That's what we're looking at. That's it. What's on the other end of the bridge? Claire's house. Basically, you're folding space in a higher dimension to create an instantaneous link between two distant points. Instantaneous. Well, that's what we hoped for. That's what we expected. I, but the electrical force, we used huge amounts of energy to create this bridge. All right. How huge? I remember that little blackout we had a few years back. Yes, New York blamed Canada. Right. Canada blamed right. Michigan. Half the Northeast. You're saying you guys? 50 million homes. Right. My bad. Well, I still say we blame Canada, but... Okay, so why can't I see this bridge? <clears throat> it's not visible. For the human eye, I mean, it's it's real though. It's just as real and just as solid as a cell phone signal or a radio wave. Right. Well, I don't know how a cell phone works. I just know how to use it. So how do we use this? We can look back four and a half days. And what? We can look anywhere. Limited radius. Right. 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 Looking into the past. In a sense, we're always looking in the past. Even light reflected uh, from yourself in a mirror takes some time to reflect back. Let me get this straight. You're trying to tell me that on the other side of this bridge is the actual past. Yes. Yeah, but look, 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 look. We created this thing by pure accident, all right? This, this, this space and time, this, this time window is a complete fluke, all right? And, and, and everybody is terrified of screwing with it for fear of losing it or suffering the consequences of God knows what, which is why it can only be used as a retroactive tool. Hey, let me ask you something. Is she alive or is she dead? You went to her funeral, I dog. know that, but I think the question still applies. Is she alive or is she dead? All right, life, like time and space, is not merely a local phenomenon. Right! Am I asking a hard question? <clears throat> Looks like I picked a bad week to stop snorting hash. And welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week, we look at the movie that gives you the feeling like you've seen it before. It stars Denzel Washington, Paula Patton, and Val Kilmer. It's 2006's Deja Vu. But first, he's the guy that stops and stares when boobies come on screen. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing all right. I um, I feel like I've heard that intro once before. No, that's just Deja Vu. <laughs> 
Is it? Yeah. So I did save, I did save a package of uh, strawberry fruit snacks. So oh, I'm enjoying, I'm great. enjoying those. Oh, yeah, lovely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted you to feel at home. Yeah. Well, you got any uh, news that you can spew out of your mouth around the strawberry fruit snack? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a couple things. First off, um, Marvel. Yes, Marvel Science uh, dropped the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer uh, this past week. Not that it really matters because by the time this comes out, it'll be old news. But it's new news today. Or if you haven't checked it out, well, you should go check it out. Uh, You know, it's been longer than um, four days. So you're going to be a loser. Uh, because you didn't go check it out four days ago. Um, I'm sorry, four days, six hours, 33 seconds. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's what the, um, I was trying to bring in the movie. I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah. All right, moving on. You ready for your next one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So a uh, new Transformers uh, trailer for, uh, um, what are they calling that beast war? Not beast wars, but using beast wars uh, came out this past weekend. Like rise of the beasts or something like rise, that. Yeah. Rise of the beasts or um, something, something fancy like that. Uh, you can tell I've really done a bunch on this uh, today because yeah. You're the consummate remember. professional. I am. I am. Uh, so they dropped a, what is it called? I don't know what it's called. Um, I'm scrolling here past that one, past that one, down to this one, up and around there. Rise of the Beasts. Yep. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So, uh, it's got Optimus Primal in it, which, uh, for us 90s kids, that's, uh, Beast Wars. Ugh. Uh, I hated that. Yeah. All that kind of fun stuff. So that's, that's cool. Um, you ready for the next one? Yeah. All right, so uh, DC uh, dropped a uh, teaser, um, not really, a, not a trailer, just a teaser uh, poster. Um, Blue Beetle in theaters, August eighteenth. Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle. The fuck is that? That's a superhero. No, it's not. It is. No. Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. Yeah. Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. You want me to uh, enlighten you on that? Um, I'm looking it up. It's the name of a superhero who appeared in a bunch of comics. Um, He has the abilities to uh, do a bunch of cool things like um, certain stuff and other certain stuff. (laughs) Um, You're an idiot. Wikipedia whole of all knowledge is, uh, is, is coming up blank on powers and abilities. Uh, but apparently it's like three different people have been the blue beetle. I don't know which version of the blue beetle they're doing, whether it's the Dan Garrett, uh, blue beetle, the Ted core blue beetle or the Jamie Reyes blue beetle. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're doing one. Um, yeah. Did they say why? I mean, cause DC is a hot mess. Yeah. I mean, seriously, Blue Beetle? I've never even heard of the fucking Blue Beetle. Well, I've heard of the Tick. Yes, I've heard of the Tick. 
And he's blue. But he's not a beetle. No. No. But he uh, morphs into a... uh, Apparently, it's a scarab uh, from ancient times that morphs into a battle suit. Oh, okay. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fucking dull. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically, they get... uh, they get beetle powers, apparently, of some sort. Anyway, Good all right, God. so I've, I, I'm i done with that. I was going to see how many things I could bring up super near, hero-wise, but I do have a couple space things. Um, no way. Yep, yep, yep. So the astronomers, the astronomers out there in the world, spotted the biggest galaxy ever. Ever? And the, ever. And the scale will break your brain. No, it won't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it won't. So, um, it is, this galaxy is 3 billion light years away. Okay. Okay. Um, this galaxy is called, um, uh, we're going to call it um, uh, Alcineus. <laughs> you have no idea um, how to pronounce that, do you? I do not. It's A-L-C-Y-O-N-E-U-S, Alcineus. Or Alcinius. Anyway, pretty close. It is a giant radio galaxy. Okay. It's okay. a giant radio galaxy. I'm still trying to wait to blow your brain here. I'm it's I'm teasing you. Um it reaches five um mega parsecs okay. in space. Okay. It measures what, five yeah, mega parsecs. Five megaparsecs into space. That is 16.3 million light years long. Okay. That's that's it. It that's the biggest. Oh, okay. Are, are you are you not impressed? I mean, it's big. That's what she said. <laughs> you've she never you've never heard that. You're right. You're right. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so, uh, yeah, it is, uh, it's pretty good. Um, they're pretty big. Uh, they found it when they were using the, um, oh, what is that called? The low frequency array in Europe. So, uh, which is, uh, consists of, uh, 20,000 radio antennas distributed throughout 52 locations across Europe. And, uh, yeah. Through some uh, new fancy pipelines and uh, some uh, new fancy detection algorithms, they were able to uh, peek into it, I guess, or peer into the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how big uh, Milky Way is. I I didn't really care. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's find out, shall we? I suppose. Uh, Don't know. Don't know. Doesn't say in this, you would think this article might say it just to give you an idea, but uh, <laughs> apparently not. Uh, so looks like it is 8,500 light years across on the thick side, uh, plus hmm. or minus 1,600 light years. Okay, so significantly bigger. Oh, no, no. That's the thickness of the disk. The size is 87,400 light years, plus or minus 3590. Still significantly bigger. Yeah. 
Yeah. We're, we're talking 16 million. So, all right. Uh, you like whiskey? I do. You like vodka? I do. Okay, good. Um, Star Trek Spirits has uh, released some uh, Romulan ale whiskey and vodka for you. Mm, okay. Um, what kind of whiskey? Rye whiskey? Eh, rye whiskey's okay. It's not my preferred whiskey, but... Romulan ale rye whiskey. Um, uh, it is designed from start to finish to be exceptional. Its roots are deep in history and technology. We started with ultra premium rye whiskey. It is a mash of 95% rye, 5% malted barley. It gives it a sweetness and flavor complexity after aging in newly charred white oak, white oak barrels. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Next, they utilized a 150-year-old yeast strain. Man, 150-year-old yeast. All right. A strain of yeast that's 150 years old. Whew. Um, after aging for two-plus years just across the Ohio River from Kentucky, it is ready for bottling. So they wanted to throw in that, like, it's not quite Kentucky whiskey, but it's close. It's close. It's just it's right close. across the river. Just across the river. It's Ohio whiskey that wants to be Kentucky whiskey. <laughs> it looks yes. longingly over on the Kentucky side and goes, I wish I was over there. I wish. I wish I was. Um, you know, so they, they throw this big old tant- tantalizing um, read about, oh, no, here it is. The ale, the, the Romulan ale vodka. It's 192 proof to ensure a clean distillation. Yeah, so uh, hold on, hold on. The Romulan vodka is produced in the Napa area, distilled four times in a stainless steel still to 192 proof to ensure a clean distillation of only the heart of the vodka. Then it is cut down to 80 proof. Okay, I was about to say they're selling 190. That's almost fucking ever clear. You're going to go blind. Yeah, then they cut it down. So it's watered down vodka. All vodka is watered down. Yeah, yeah. But don't tell anybody that. Uh, Put together by a family of 13th generation distillers, there's no trace of off notes or the smell of rubbing alcohol that many vodkas suffer from. So there you go. It's electric blue in appearance. Okay, so how'd they get the electric blue? (laughs) That's a trade secret. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, it's... I don't, I don't, I don't know. Is the whiskey electric blue too? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's more of a bright blue. Oh God. It's a, it's a deeper blue than the, than the vodka, but it's all blue. Yeah. It's all blue. Okay. It's all and how much blue. do they want for that shit? Uh, let's see. I didn't see a price right offhand. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, you had to go down past all the ads. Um, it'll be available in early December. The rye whiskey is priced on sale at $85 for each bottle. Oof. The vodka is priced at $75. Fuck. There will be a two-pack available that will be priced at $155. You Jeez. can pre-order your Romulan Ale direct at StarTrekSpirits.com. For an additional 5% off, use the code TREKMOVIES. 
Five. I'm sorry. Trek movie five. That S looked like that five looked like an S. Trek movie five. Yeah, that's uh that's a little more than I'm gonna play for some novelty whiskey. Oh come on. No, no, no. Come on. It's got a smooth finish. Oh well, I'm sold. Sign me up. All right. <laughs> you I'm, ready I'm for done. a pod crawl? Yeah, I let's suppose. do it. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. It's Mardi Gras in New Orleans, and the boys of the Navy are on leave, and all hell is going to break loose soon. But not because a bunch of drunken sailors are about to land in NOLA. No, that's just any Tuesday. No, this fateful Tuesday is going to see a ferry full of sailors, kindergartners, and other normal people go up like a Roman candle. Once the ash and dust settle, enter Doug Carlin, an ATF agent assigned as part of a joint task force to investigate the explosion. After some cursory investigation involving walking a river bank, hanging off a bridge and visiting a buddy at the sheriff's department, he concludes that it was a domestic terrorist that blew the ferry up. And they make sure to let the audience know several times that he knows what he's talking about since he was on the Oklahoma City case. Iceman is so impressed with his investigative prowess that the movie takes a sharp right turn and he invites Doug to his super-secret observation bunker where he can see four days into the past. At first Ice passes it off as a bunch of satellite surveillance, and they focus in on Claire, a victim connected to the case, but when Doug wants to tease the cat with his laser pointer, all hell breaks loose in the bunker and they admit they found a way to look into the actual past using telescopes in Canada's moose-fueled power grid. Further surveillance Maple. reveals that Claire got a call sure. from the bomber to buy her Bronco, and they use a little plot magic to track the suspect to a payphone and identify him elsewhere using his shoulder bag. Doug has the bright idea to send a note back to himself through time with the suspect's details, but that ends up getting his partner killed instead and interrupting everyone's evening programming in the process. Now living with the guilt of getting his partner shot, he finds the suspect's compound and a manhunt ensues. They apprehend the bomber in the swamp on his airboat, and Doug interrogates him, getting a confession and pretty much closing the case. But Doug has a secret hard-on for Claire, and he heads back to the portal to the past to send himself back through time to save Claire. Oh, and maybe everyone that blew up on the ferry. But mostly Claire. Anyway, he's told that's a bad idea since hamsters and other small animals haven't been able to make the journey, but Doug says he could take a hamster in a fight, so he should be fine. They beam him back in time into a hospital, which works out since he's dying when he gets there. A couple hours of post-revival recovery later, and Doug steals the very ambulance he saw blown up in the compound a day earlier. He rushes to save Claire, gets shot, the bomber gets away, and they start chasing him to the dock. However, they make a quick detour to Claire's place to patch Doug up and to put all the bloody gauze and prints all over the place that he observed a few days before. Then it's straight to the ferry where Doug finds the bomb, the bomber finds Doug, Claire finds the bomber, the bomber ties Claire up to the bomb, Doug finds Claire, the bomber finds Doug again, Claire runs the bomber over, Doug shoots the bomber, security and military materialize and find Doug and Claire, Doug and Claire Thelma and Louise the bomb off the ferry, Claire manages to escape, Doug gets trapped, the bomb blows up underwater. The ferry is taken ashore, everyone on board is shaken but alive, Claire is sad and wet, Doug from the past rolls up on scene and takes Claire in for questioning, and roll Doug getting that feeling he's done this before but he never has since this is a newly changed timeline, credits. 
All right, 2006's Deja Vu, starring uh, Denzel Washington and uh, other Denzel Washington, because he went back in the past and there were two Denzel Washingtons at the same time. So, yep, yep. Uh, what'd you think? Um, you know, it was. No, it ended up being a time travel movie. So I I figure. I know. So at first I was a little, you know, I'm going, all right. So this, the sci-fi is basically, they have some super tech space satellites. All right. Not my cup of sci-fi, but, uh, we'll, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Wait, what? Time travel? <laughs> then the pants had to come off. Oh, God. Yeah. Be, I, well, so I'm not sure if they came off because of the time travel or because of the boob. Well, the, the time travel and the boobs kind of happen close to the same time. They do. That's why I'm a little confused as to why the pants came off. Yeah, it may have been a little column A, a little a column B. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a pretty good movie. Um, I, yeah. So I liked it. I did think it was a pretty good movie. I didn't think it was a great sci-fi movie. N- no, it's very, it's very loose. Um, I, I think what was, what was that other one? Uh, the, the one with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I think that one did better with the whole, solving a crime via time travel shenanigans. Yeah. But I mean, that wasn't really even time travel, right? That was just going through, that was just combing through his memories. Right. And he basically relived his memories over and over again. Well, no, those weren't, was it, were those his memories? No, those weren't his memories. They were somebody else's memories. Oh, that's right. They, they had Stored others' memories and yeah. forcing and forced them into his head. Yes, yes. Is that how that worked? Something like that. Yeah, because he was like just just a torso. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, I thought they that one did a little bit better job in terms of a sci-fi whodunit. Yes. Sort of. Sort of thing. Now this this wasn't. It was weak on the sci-fi, but it was. It was, it, it wasn't bad. It was interesting. No. So the, the, the story was interesting and you know, this is a Tony Scott directed film. Um, and if you're not familiar with Tony Scott, he's a Familiarize very, us. he's a very prolific, uh, action film director. Right. So, um, some of the films that he's directed, Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2, all right. Days of Thunder, The Last Boy Scout, which is one of my favorite action movies ever. Um, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the mm. State. Uh, this one, Unstoppable. So he's he's got a a long list of successful action titles to his name. Yeah, action and, suspense. Yeah, action suspense. Yeah. yeah. And he's also the younger brother of Ridley Scott, and Ridley Scott is the. The, the the sci-fi guy, right? The sci-fi yeah. kind of horror guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I don't yep. think that Tony Scott was probably the best director for this film. Probably not. Because um, it was it was more action oriented than sci-fi oriented. Yeah. 
what the sci-fi was all about in there, you know? I mean, that's that's basically what the movie's about is the sci-fi or solving the case via the sci-fi. Right. And we didn't see a lot of the sci-fi in the movie. And and, and I don't uh, this isn't on the director, but uh, more so the writers. There was a couple holes in their their little ah, sci-fi. Ah, the writers would say that it was the director that introduced those holes. You think so? Yes. In fact, oh. the writers have stated that, yeah, they are not happy with the direction that Tony Scott went with the movie. Really? Yes. I didn't look anything up on that. Yeah, in fact, one of the writers, so it was a, it was a team of two writers. Mm-hmm. One of the writers has never seen the movie because he is so disgusted with how Tony Scott handled it. Wait a minute. How how has he never seen the movie yet knows that it is totally... Well, because they were on set doing rewrites and shit. Okay. They were still okay. involved in the production. Okay. And these aren't, these aren't you know, unknown <clears throat> writers either. So Bill Marsili is one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is Terry Rossio. So Terry Rossio wrote uh, things like um, Aladdin, uh, Men in Black. Let's see. Shrek, National Treasure. This one, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, National Treasure, Book of Secrets. Okay, okay. So, I mean, he's, he's got some writing chops underneath them, too. Right, right, right. Okay. So, and, and I didn't look up any of this uh, stuff beforehand, so I didn't know that the writers had a issue. Yeah, so they wrote this over several years, collaborating on it, and apparently the, the script treatment that they had, I mean, was supposed to be pretty tight. But you're right, there are a few holes, and I want to later in the show, try to go over the timeline of events because okay. I've gone through it over in my you, head a few times. Con- and I think are you confused. No, I'm not confused, but you I need think a time I've, traveling expert. Don't you? Yes, I do need a time traveling expert to confirm That's that uh, they've, they've broken causality in this, in this film. Okay. All right. So, so that's why I'm here. That's why you're here. You're the you're That's, the expert. I am the time travel expert. Yeah, you don't know any different. Um, <laughs> so so one of the one of the holes, one of the major holes that I saw, not major, but one of the holes that I saw. You know, they they've got the screen up on, they've got the the feed up on the screen, and they can move around and do whatever they think. You know, and uh, this is before Doug realizes that uh, you know it's space magic. Um, you know, he thinks it's just, uh, he just thinks it's satellite magic. Um, you, you know, he shines the laser pointer. What right. throws me off, what throw, what, what's wrong with that is how would the laser pointer interact with the, basically the monitor screen right. when the thing that is peering into the past is behind the nuclear radioactive vault bunker thing. Yeah. I don't know that that was neither nuclear or radioactive. I'm not exactly I don't sure know, what but it, it was. It's a, it's a bunk. It was a, yeah, it was bunker a bunker vault. with what looked like some sort of 
humongous electromagnet in it. But right, right. Regardless, it was that is where it was to me. That is where the magic was happening, and right. we're just seeing the feed right on on a on a big screen on a, on a big screen. Yeah. So yeah, I had that. I had that yeah. question myself. So how does he? How does he point a laser pointer at a monitor, and somehow the monitor takes that as input, and then sh- shoots Freaks. that back to the past? And freaks out and all that other stuff, right. you know, because it like totally interrupted everything. Yeah, that yeah. was that was one of the dumber moments in the movie. Yep, yep. So that that one was a big one. I I liked I liked the feeling that she was being watched. Yeah, that was I an li- interesting twist. I I liked that, you know, and it was all fine and dandy till they like teleported through the wall. And I guess it's if like shifted something or so I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It shifted time because they were watching her take a shower and then all of a sudden, she's and then in, all of a sudden they moved she, through the medicine cabinet into kind of the, the foyer of the, of the house. And she's uh-huh. there in a towel wondering who's, who's in who's her there? house. Like, that, right. like there was somebody watching her. So yeah. they like, just moved a little bit. It took like less than a second to move from point A to point B. Right. And suddenly it's like minutes later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a little weird too. It and supposedly was. you can't jump around. Everything happens in real time. It's just right. four days and six hours and some odd minutes ahead. Right. Or behind. Behind, behind, behind. That's in, it's in court. Uh, that's important. It's four days, six hours, three minutes, 45 seconds, and 14.5 nanoseconds. Oh, you looked it up. Uh, Wikipedia did for me. Right. Yes. And they called it Snow White, which I don't understand why they called it Snow White. Oh, you White. don't? There's no seven dwarfs. Well, they so originally they were calling it Snow White because they said there there were seven satellites, right? Oh, that's those right. are the dwarves. Right. But if you also look at Snow White as you know the the queen had the magic mirror, mirror. mirror. yeah, yeah, yeah mirror mirror you. on the wall, she was I able to you. see, okay. yeah, and, and okay, all right, all right, I'm I, I'm with you, yeah, yeah. Ah, see, yeah. So the, the the writing was smart in this, and I I do think that Tony Scott probably did change some stuff to facilitate more action, more suspense, because that's that's what he's known for. That's what he knows. Uh, that's that's why you hire Tony Scott, and I think that I I, I believe the writers when they say that he he introduced a lot of the plot holes. Uh, that people found in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I could see. I just, I'd like to know what, you know, what were those plot holes? What, what did they, what did they write differently than what got shown on the screen? You know? Yeah. I don't have those answers. They didn't, what I yeah. read didn't go into that much detail and I didn't yeah, they, look they're, that too They're much. like, Oh, you didn't like the movie? Well, it's 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 because they changed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they have the original screenplay that they wrote, so we could probably find that or references to it someplace. Yeah, there's been several interviews with them, and uh, yeah, they are not they're not too keen on on what happened with their 
with their script. In fact, um, so there was apparently some trouble on set too, according to Wikipedia holder of all knowledge. Oh yeah. Um, so Bruckheimer is the one who produced this film. He's the one who got Denzel on to uh, star. Okay. And he brought on Tony Scott. Um, Rossio, which is, I I believe the writer who's never actually seen the film and really doesn't like what Scott did to it. Um, he said that Scott was completely the wrong choice. Uh, he said that Tony had stated he had no interest in making a science fiction film and suggested that the time travel aspect actually be dumped. Um, Rossio's hope was that the screenplay could be the next sixth sense. And Tony just wanted to make another also ran surveillance film. Um, Rossio also says at one point that Scott quit the project and that he and Marsili, which was the other writer had to work on the script so that Denzel wouldn't quit. And they reworked the script over two weeks and that the revision was deemed so good that not only didn't Denzel recommit, he called Tony and talked him into coming back on board. And then reportedly Denzel made Tony look him in the eye and swear he wouldn't quit the movie again. Tony said yes, but on one condition, he wanted to bring in on bring in his own writers. That's weird. Yeah. So this seems kind of like a movie that went through through some production pains. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So it's it's not the greatest movie. No. Um, uh, it 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 reminded me a lot of um, it almost reminded me of uh, a little bit like Training Day, uh, just in terms of Denzel going around trying to solve a solve a crime type of deal. I know I know Training Day was not like that, but I got that feeling at the very beginning. You know, you got Denzel being a being a cop doing his own thing, you know, beat of his own drum. Well, I mean, he's been that in several movies. Right, right. It's it's a typical Denzel movie. Yeah, I mean, but Denzel is Denzel in most of the movies that he plays, so. It's true, yeah. He's got a bit of Jack Nicholson disease. Just a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's not a a ton, but he does have a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, I, yeah, I mean, I didn't feel like I wasted my time on it, you know? Uh, would I watch it again? No, absolutely not, because, you know, it's not like one of those ones of like, oh, man, that was so good. But I don't feel like I wasted my time. So um, it's not on the regular time travel porn no, rotation? No, there's there's some better ones out there that um, that I don't mind watching. Gotcha. Once or twice, yeah. You know, the, this one, it was it was very, it was, it, there wasn't enough time travel in it. I mean, they, they mention it and they think of it's a possibility, you know, but there actually isn't any time travel till the very end. Yeah, it wasn't, you it know? wasn't until and the why, very end and then it was just, uh, yeah, really brief. Yeah, and why did you have to face forward? I don't know. You, you don't want to go into time travel ass first? I, I, <laughs> I guess not. Maybe because um, he'd be facing face down if whenever, wherever the, he came up. Oh, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't maybe. know. 
That's yeah, just, that was really weird. It was. So, um, a couple of other things, problems that I had with this. Uh, some of the the computer magic that they used wasn't consistent. So they used some facial recognition technology to identify a bag. Right. Which way back in 2006, I'm not even sure that would have even been possible. No, I don't Much think so. less uh, pr- plausible uh, with the models and the technology that we had at the time, just the way facial recognition worked back then. Maybe today, but even today, I think that's kind of pushing it. Um, but yeah. yeah, so and and they found it really quickly. It was like in a matter of just minutes. They they scanned their uh, put the put the bag in for identification, and then scanned a whole bunch of different uh, camera footage on some different cameras in the area, and then they found that that exact well, yeah, same that's, bag. That's it's a bag. There's not very many variations there. That's quick. But they oh, found faces. the exact same bag. Yeah, va- faces. Faces are hard. <laughs> um, but whenever they were trying to find the face of the suspect to identify him, that seemed to take a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And that was actually what. The, and that was actually what the facial recognition uh, program was actually designed to do. So they they did a an an off case scenario that took just a matter of minutes and the the actual on case scenario took much much longer so that was one of the inconsistencies that i wasn't real fond of yeah you got anything no no i mean i agree that the 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 face the facial recognition was it was a it it the speed was convenient yeah, it was a plot device. It was it was plot convenience. Yeah, so you, you know we can't find the dude really quickly because then you know there's no suspense on whether or not we'll capture him. Right. You know, type of deal. And then and then they do capture him, and it's yeah, I did it, and this is why I'm just going to tell you everything. I'm not going to be secretive about it or anything. Uh, you caught me. Congratulations. Um, you know, if I was this crazy kook, I would have had a manifesto of some sort. But no, no, I'm going to do this secretively, but then confess when you find me. You keep trying to push your manifesto on the world and nobody cares. Well, one day you will. <laughs> Mark my words. One day you will care. <laughs> um, the, the car chase scene. Um, I thought that was a novel concept. That was th- interesting. I thought that was just poorly executed. Very I was much so, so bored through that that car chasing. I was like, God, is this ever going to end? Yeah, because it really it was like it is a car chase, but not a car chase. You know, I just and why did it have to be the Hummer? Why, well, the Hummer why? had the equipment he needed. Yeah, but apparently it's mobile. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is like, that. It's it's backpackable. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, and, and then on to, and, and then to so two thousand two thousand six. Mm-hmm. This really wasn't hands free. Really wasn't a big big thing. Uh, hands free was around back then. Yeah, but it wasn't really a huge thing. And more importantly, the cell phone that he has in the movie. I don't, I don't see that being hands free. Oh, I had 
Bluetooth on my flip phones back then. And I had a hands-free headset. Okay. He didn't. He had nothing. He didn't put anything on his head. No, well, no, no, so no, no. You, the, the, the cell phone itself had a speaker that you could do and you could hold down yeah. a button and, and give voice commands, very basic voice commands. And it didn't work very well, but it, it did work. Yeah. But I'm just talking about the fact that he's like, you know, turn it up so I can hear what's going on. And then, and you know, and all this other stuff. And it's like, but yeah, where's that cell phone? And then why were you driving with the cell phone to your ear at first and then decided you could put it down? Yeah, yeah. it just, it, it was, it was inconsistent on what is, what is available technology because he was talking through the, the little speaker on the helmet at one point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which means he left the cell phone back in the car, obviously, because he had, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, it was, it was all over the place. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. The way they who's, used that technology was a little inconsistent. Right. And whose arm was it that the alligator was eating? I guess that was his partner's arm. But I thought his part, maybe. So did his, hmm. So you think he, Burn the body and then dumped it in there for the and gators to eat. And then dumped the eat. remains for the, the gators to eat, yeah. Okay, okay. Because the way they made it sound like at the beginning was that he was found on the ferry. But maybe no, it was no, just no, that no, the no. car was there. Yeah, his car was there. So so whenever right. he saw his car so and came ass- in and said, where's, what's his face? Right, right. So his car was there. So they just assumed he was on the ferry. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So far, so far I'm okay. Um, you needing some timeline? Yeah. So let's, let's discuss timeline. Okay. All right. So when we start. Okay. We know that Doug comes on scene. Now, the first time that we see Doug come on scene, he does not talk to Claire. He starts investigating the explosion, right? Correct. Correct. Uh, he finds the blast cap. Uh, he finds the uh, explosion remnants on the bottom of the bridge. Uh, he gives his results or he talks to the sheriff who, who discusses a body that was found and then he goes and views the body. Right. And then Claire. Yeah. Which is Claire. Mm -hmm. So Claire is dead in this initial, uh, investigation. Importantly, dead before the explosion. Dead before the explosion with her fingers Mm -hmm. cut off because- She had clawed, which we found out later, she had scratched the suspect's face. Right. So, that means that the events played out with him kidnapping Claire, taking her car, killing her, and um, making it look like she had died on, or wanting to make it look like she had died on the ferry. Correct. Uh, he investigates, gives his results. Uh, they're impressed by his results. He is brought in to Project Snow White. He sends the investigation with Project Snow White to start looking at Claire. Yes, because he feels that there is some sort of, well, for two reasons. One, he feels that that there's there's something to it because she was a burn victim found in the area 
but found before it had even yes. happened. Yeah, she thinks. And or, two. Well, and uh, he had also investigated her house and saw that she was right. trying to sell a Bronco, which fits uh, the type of vehicle that they suspected was used. Right. Well, and then the second important thing is he's steering her that way because he wants some um, uh, booty. Well, yeah, yeah. He he kind of got smitten over her dead body at the morgue, mm. which is just oh, a yeah. little fucking creepy. But uh, you but know, importantly, him, importantly, when he investigated her house, mm-hmm. all of the blood stains and bloody gauze were already there. Correct. And the note on the refrigerator was already there. Correct. Which indicates that he had already been there and done that, which indicates that Claire, or which indicates that that portion of time, so he had, be, he had saved Claire, mm-hmm. gotten shot, mm-hmm. patched himself up at Claire's house, gave the message, mm-hmm. and then everything played out on the dock, which would have prevented the large explosion and his investigation Mm -hmm. so that's a paradox Mm. so you know they talked because not only that sorry don't mean to interrupt because not only that he caused his mother his partner's death too Yes. because when he saw his partner's car there that was because his partner had gone there like the day before Mm mm-hmm and actually confronted the suspect and the suspect had killed him. Right. And the reason that his partner did that is because he had later, like three days or four days ahead of time, sent back a note giving details on where to find the suspect. He was, he was trying to give that note to himself. His partner ended up uh, intercepting it and going on his own. And that's so, what got his partner killed. So I am thinking... Uh, because they mentioned this, uh, we're talking about the uh, you know you know we're talking about the the sacred timeline and branching and all that kind of MCU crap. Uh, you know they're talking they talk about the fact that it branches and the other one just ceases to exist. I'm thinking up until up until the hmm. So somewhere along the lines, uh, I, th- I think I think his partner dying, that that happened. We you know that that was going to happen regardless. Uh, you know because he even makes mention of the fact that you know all of this is happening anyway. Well, he said all of this. So that, that's that's happened. what confuses me too. Is because when he was in the house, mm-hmm. actually getting patched up. Mm-hmm. And saw That's, that they were throwing all the bloody gauze away. That triggered the right. memory that, oh, hey, yeah, I remember seeing this. <laughs> yeah. You know, deja vu, but it actually happened in reverse. Right. Um, he was like, okay, I haven't changed anything because he had already seen that happen. But right. if that had already happened, then he would have changed something because Claire's fingers were still, she was still alive at this point. And this was right. past the time where she would have already died small um so that was a small ripple right so that was a small ripple that didn't matter uh and, and time was going to go on without a, a a divergent um maybe 
there had to have been a key moment somewhere on the ferry um, because everything was going to happen like it was going to happen up until uh, the bomber saw his vehicle. Well, but the bomber initially, because we see the actual explosion and the events happen leading up to the explosion at the beginning of the movie. The bomber right, wasn't on there. He was on the bridge. He was right, watching. That's, that's what I'm saying. Everything, everything was happening like it was, uh, air quotes, supposed to, up until he saw, uh, you know, he got he was getting on the motorcycle, and then he saw that his vehicle was there, and he's like, oh, shit, the dude's there trying to stop, uh, stop what's happening. I think that was the key, key moment that switched it. Now, but it would have it would have had to have switched before that because Claire was there. Yes. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's, it's so, like an well, Ouroboros. Yeah, it's it yeah. I think I think the partner dying was always that happened. That happened regardless. That, but how? That ca- because that cause it, and effect is okay. No, it's not. How is it not? Because if uh, if Doug didn't investigate, uh, if Doug wasn't brought into uh, Project Snow White, he couldn't have sent the note back that gave his partner okay. the heads up of where to go. Here, here, here it is. 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 Divergent timelines. It, it just came on to me. Okay, so we've got Doug A and Doug B. Doug A is going to be. Um, First of the movie, Doug. Doug okay. B is Doug B is uh, uh, new Doug or yeah yeah the other Doug. Okay. Okay. So Doug A, the events happen in Doug A's timeline. So Doug A's timeline, the events happen. Um, okay. You know he throws he throws that note into the past to try to to try to do the thing, and so his partner. Dies. His but where's his partner before he sends the note back? In so the, everything everything happens up into a point, right? Right. So until he sends the note back, his partner is basically Schrodinger's partner. We don't know if he's a dead if he's dead or alive. Last thing we right. know is that he was supposed to go on vacation. But at this point in time, at this at this juncture in the thing, um no ma- nothing major has happened that derails the dude derails the bomber right so the partner shows up he kills him dumps his body in the in the thing and he gets eaten um, okay so you're saying the partner dying isn't a is a ripple it's not a big enough event to change correct. future correct. events okay okay correct yeah yeah Doug, doug's partner dying is a ripple and it's part of that uh, you know we're still on that main timeline main timeline where the the fairy blows up and kills where the fairy blows up right. and claire yeah. dies before and okay yeah. okay 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 um, I'm, I'm with you i think i think when when doug jumps in the car and starts chasing the guy down. I think at that point, um, that is where things start to unravel to an extent because we're seeing, you know, there's the, there's the blown up 
you know, the blown up uh, ambulance and all that kind of stuff. That that's when we start to see that it's starting. the 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 timeline is starting to, to diverge. Right, we haven't seen why yet, but it's starting to diverge. There, we're seeing we're seeing bits and pieces. You know, um, you know the stuff, the 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 place blew up and all that kind of good stuff. But but the the thing has already happened, or you know, because this is this is in the this is in the present of the current timeline. Okay, but what causes? The ambulance to be there. What causes all of that gauze to be there? Doug, Doug going back in time. But he doesn't go back in time if she doesn't die. He doesn't so, go back in time if she doesn't die. Well, he doesn't go back in time if she doesn't die. Well, yeah, at that point in time, or now we're now we've jumped down to the other timeline. So, so when he goes back in time. That's yeah, but what I'm saying is, is okay, so let's, so we got Doug A, and mm-hmm. let's say that this is a fresh start. This is the first time this has ever happened. We've got Doug mm-hmm. A. He goes to investigate, yep. finds out his partner's dead, uh, finds Claire dead. She's got the missing fingers. She was killed before the, the bomb went off. Mm-hmm. He gets introduced to Project Snow White. Mm-hmm. He sends the note back that kills his partner, right? Right. Okay. So his partner's dead. That's not enough to really change anything. Right. The so partner was dead to begin with. But we, he already knows that there were bloody gauze and everything in her apartment, even before he sent the note back. So that's, that's where I'm caught up is there's bloody gauze. But if this is the first time this happens, there wouldn't be any bloody gauze or anything in her apartment. There wouldn't be a note. Now he would be able to find the Bronco listing that would have still been on her, her refrigerator. Yeah. There wouldn't be a note to himself. So maybe this has happened more and over and over again. Maybe he went back multiple times and we're just seeing one attempt. Or maybe we're seeing the progression of attempts. Possibly. Um, So, okay. So we're on a fresh start. He goes to investigate her house. There's no bloody gauze. None of his fingerprints are there. It's, it's fresh and clean. He does see the Bronco advertisement. mm -hmm. So he suspects that she was going to sell this guy, the Bronco. He reports back his findings. He's brought into project snow white. He wants to try and capture this guy. And so he sends a note back to himself that backfires. He gets his partner killed. So his partner gets killed in the first iteration, in the first run. Okay. So his partner gets killed basically regardless. He's fucking his partner over regardless. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he goes through, sends himself back. Um crashes the ambulance saves, okay. saves okay. Claire though, but he I, saves Claire at that point, And I don't see how that fits in. Well, or maybe he, maybe well, no, he, he would have at to, one he, point. He, he, maybe, maybe there's one where he, okay. So, so this is, this is my guess is, uh, at some point, 
you know, originally he didn't save Claire. So, but at some point maybe he gets there, but he gets there just a tad bit too late. You know, he's already like chopped her up and burned her or whatever. And when he crashes in, I don't know, maybe this is like a multi-branch type of deal because, you know, they said you can only go back the four days or whatever, and it's constantly shifting. Right. So as he's going further and further back or as time's moving forward, he can't affect things that have happened um, already. You know, so so maybe. Well, no, but he keeps going back. Right. So if, you think if, he keeps going back? Yeah. If, if you, well, yeah, if you accept that he can go back once, he can keep going back. I mean, he can keep looping as many times as he's that he's, original dude to or uh, uh, Doug A could continue to loop. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, I think it's it, it would have to be Doug A because once Doug A goes back, he's the only one that knows that it actually works. But he, the first time he goes back, he doesn't go back far enough, right? So he's he's going back at, uh, uh, you know what what we see in the movie. He goes back and he's only got that much time. But, but we don't see any evidence of multiple Dugs at that point. So we never if, do, if, no. if we if we have Doug A and he's the first Doug that goes back, something had to have happened to Doug A at that point. No, because it um, it really wouldn't. If we assume that everything... Well, because we have two Dugs from the time that he goes back. Yeah, but first Doug was out and about doing his own thing, or, 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 or end of the movie Doug was out and about doing his own thing until he got called in for this bombing. Um, what I'm thinking, we've got Doug A. He, he jumps back the first, the first time, right? Um, and... Uh, tries to let's assume that everything plays out similar to what we saw in the movie. But at some point in time, he, uh, but the, the first time he tries it, he can't save the girl. The girl still, he doesn't get there in time or he doesn't know where they're at or anything like that. So it's earlier in the invest investigation. We're saying maybe bombing plus one day. Right. So bombing plus one day. So bombing plus one day happens and he goes, ah, man, see, that still doesn't make sense because why would he wait so long? I don't know, man. Yeah. And besides, if you could go back, why wouldn't you just call the authorities and tell them that there's going to be a bomb? Right. Right. So why didn't, why didn't he memorize uh, science dude's number or something. Right. And say, hey, uh, give me a code word that I can tell you that would let you know that I can travel in time. Yeah, that you know me from the future. Yeah. Yeah, right. there's several ways that he could have done that. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I understand not being able to tell others going, hey, hey I'm from the other other. I mean, he could have even called his boss as himself and said, you know, hey, um, I've gotten a tip that there's going to be a bombs at, you know, on the ferry at such and yeah, such get, time. Get everybody up. Yeah. Well, I think it's be because he said something along the lines of like, if, if he doesn't do it, then we won't ever capture him. But even then, I mean, as soon as you get back, you call him and go, Hey, I need you to go here. 
Yeah, but they would have locked down that place and they probably yeah. would have caught him. Well, his his biggest concern was trying to get his his piece of ass. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the biggest distraction I mean, right there. As is, soon as, yeah, as soon as they took a up, fucking detour to her house for how long? They seemed like yeah. they were just in no rush to, to go save people. Yeah, I mean, they, but, but, you know, as soon as he got up, that's the first place he went. He went to go try to save her. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to worrying about, he didn't care about the bomb. The bomb was the bomb. All he cared about was, was getting that piece of ass, saving that piece of ass. And then he was fine with it until it turned into, oh, okay, I need to be the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And right. save everybody else. That, yeah. That. There's, there's some causality issues. And with maybe, this. maybe that's, maybe that's where it is. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's some branching and looping and not branching and yeah. Which came first chicken or the egg, the dinosaur. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts. Um, watch it. It's not terrible. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a fine movie. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't, you won't be disappointed. Uh, just, you know, don't look at it too closely. Don't look at it as um as a sci-fi movie. Look at it as an action movie with some sci-fi elements. Right. Right. Yeah. That that sounds good. All right, you got uh haiku for us this week. I do. This one is titled Say That Again. <laughs> Time travel mind trip. Paradox closed with your death. Time travel mind trip. <laughs> All right, uh, awards. Uh, yes, uh, I have. Who's, I have some. Who's got your black lung? This is titled "Say That Again." <laughs> Time travel mind trip. Paradox closed with your death. Time travel mind trip. No, no, no. See, I think you had a stroke. I asked if you had awards. Yes, I have some of those. Yeah, who's got your black lung? Um, I'm giving it to Caviezel, the bomber, um, in the slammer. Okay. Yeah. Asking for a cigarette. Yeah. He's the only one that I really saw smoking. So he'll get mine too. Right. Which I think at this point in time, even in 20, 2006, 2006. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they weren't allowing smoking in, indoors. I uh, in prison. They probably were yeah, during an interrogation. I yeah. Yeah. So All right. in, during interrogations, I think you're trying to make the, uh, person you're interrogating as comfortable as possible. That's and true. That's true. Get on their good side so that they'll open up to yeah. you. So, yeah. yeah. yeah all right. Uh, head lush. I'm giving mine to, uh, I'm just going to give it to Claire's patrons at the bar. I was going like to give it to Claire herself. She looked like she had been drinking. So, okay. Was she, a, it looked like she was a bartender. No, she was at a, she was at a get together. Oh, okay. Well, then it's going to Claire then. Yeah. I was thinking she was the bartender at that. You know, the one when when she got the phone call. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. She was at a party at a oh, okay. at a gathering. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, player. Oh, I'm giving it to Doug. You're giving it to Doug. Yeah. He, sne- he snuck a kiss in right at the very end. <laughs> he came swooping in. All right. And so- she didn't mind. Yeah, she didn't. Um, I'm going to give mine to Claire because she uh, 
she basically got her hooks into Doug even while she was dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, that's some pretty. hardcore playing right there. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. all because they held hands. <laughs> right. Uh, Purple Hippo. Um, I'm giving it to Claire uh, for being spied on. You know, she had that feeling that she was being watched. Um, and and so I I, th- I think one thing that they didn't they didn't uh, directly say, but it sounded like she knew was that the guy was a time traveler of sorts. Yeah, they didn't really go into that because it seemed right. like when Caviezel's uh, uh, character was getting pursued through time, he kind of figured it out. And when he was talking to Doug on the ferry, he was like, no, it's not supposed to play out like this. Like he had some sort of No, I think that was just premonition. It, it, that it was supposed to go the original way and you ruined it. This isn't how it was supposed to play out. Oh, you think so? Yeah, that's what I chalked that up to. I think I think in the car ride from uh, her ha- Claire's house to the ferry, he let her in on what was going on. Gotcha. And okay. then he turned around and or she turned around and let him in in on what what was going on at the end of the movie because it kind of used the same phrase that he used. Right. Right. So that's what I think. Okay. But yeah, I think uh, uh, when she was being spied on, you know, she had that feeling that she was being watched and then to find out that she was being watched and she's like, oh shit. Right. Saw my boobies. Saw me in the shower. Yeah. Um, so my purple, or yeah, my purple hippo is going to go to Doug for getting transported back in time. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good one. That would, uh, that'd be fucking trippy. So. That would be weird. Yeah. All right. It's time for what pick our next show okay alright you need to pick a number between 1 and 151 alright so they were able to look into the past 4 days 6 hours 3 minutes 45 seconds and 14.5 nanoseconds you add all that up that comes out to 72.5 so my number is going to be 72.5 uh needs to be an integer ah damn it well Fine. 72. 72. Tell me when to stop. Unless it's shit, and then I want 73. Stop. <laughs> okay. All right. So next episode, we will be talking about the movie when the U.S. president crashes into Manhattan, now a giant maximum security prison. A convicted bank robber is sent in to rescue him. Uh, This would be escape from... L.A. Yeah, Manhattan is in L.A. Good job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, this stars Kurt Russell, Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine, and it was directed by John Carpenter. It is 1981's Escape from New York, you dork. Oh, shit. Manhattan is in New York. Oh. Oh, okay. I get those confused sometimes. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe you. Escape from New York, huh? Yeah. Which is okay. kind of funny because we were talking about... Them rebooting one? Rebooting, yeah. Or doing a sequel or something. A threequel? A yeah. Third one? I don't know. So yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get introduced to uh, Snake Plissken on the next yes. episode. Sounds... This is actually a fun movie. So. It is. I yeah. like it. 
I like it. All right. Well, that's all we've got for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Pod crawl music is Snack Mix My Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at Citus underscore podcast, or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon. And make sure to visit Gunna Geek for more great shows at gunnageek.com. For this week, I'm Jason. Time travel mind trip. Paradox closed with your death. Time travel mind trip. Uh, We'll see you next episode.